everyone. Welcome back to Murder on Tap. Uh, we're your hosts, Allie and Jose. I'm Jose. I'm Allie. Yeah, you are. Yes, I am. Welcome back and thank you for joining us yet again. Uh, we have quite the beer and interesting true crime for this week, so I think we should jump into it because mine is a bit long, Jose. Yeah, I know. I know. I was... uh. <laughs> waiting for you this whole time <laughs> my note taking took a little bit longer than expected but you know what that is okay because you will see why Ugh. indeed we will hear why we keep indeed. on telling people see but right here you will hear why so keep your eyes open and your ears <laughs> closed to the sky <laughs> all right i'm opening my beer you want to pour your beer since you say i don't know how to pour your beer Thank you, sir. Okay, wait. Oh. No, go ahead. Oh. I'm joking. Look at that goodness. Look at that oh, uh, our beer color. today uh, is a special one. It was uh, suggested and given to us by a certain Murder on Tap uh, listener by the name of Danny. Um. Yeah, we've uh, hung out with him a couple of times. <laughs> He's an okay guy. And, uh, yeah. Curly-haired, long guy. We appreciate the beer. We will try it right now. And here we go. That Cheers. was a week. I know. Well, your hands are the way. There That's terrible, too. But Cheers, still. everybody. Cheers. Woo. Holy moly. Holy wow. Shit. Wow. You. I just drank I... chocolate milk. That was amazing. That was like hot. That was amazing. Hot cocoa, but cold. At first, you're like, oh shit. But then when you like swallow it, you're like, oh shit. This is bomb. Uh-huh. That is Hell so yeah. good. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Do tell. I'm going to jump into it. This. Wow. Beer. Beer. Is from the New Holland Brewing Company. Uh, New Holland was uh, founded. By Jason Spaulding and Vander Camp. Sounds like one last name, but it's a Vander and Camp. Oh, I get it. Um, it was founded in 1996. It took uh, about two years for their business plan to start up, but they started it, and we're Hell glad they yeah, did. Hell yeah, they did. You go, guys. Um, they say they they uh, sorry, they wanted to produce. Beer that was unique to uh, Western Michigan, and they also, after they started brewing um, in 1996, they also began distilling whiskey, rum, and gin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in 2005, and started selling them in about 2008. That's what that taste is in the beginning. Yeah. I was reading that they were, um, they went to college together or they met up in college they went to college together no I'm just <laughs> oh my goodness they went to college and they um yeah they both liked craft beers and beers and they wanted to uh, emphasize on the characteristic characteristics <laughs> the characteristics yes is that right no whatever characteristics there we go um of western michigan Beers. Is this the? Oh, we need to go to Western. This Michigan is one of their. Then. This is one of their. Uh, Michigan. One here of we their come. Redone ones. There's. I think there's a beer 
by the name by this name, but this is a uh, you know what I'm just gonna say his name. The name is Dragon's Milk Reserve Oatmeal Cookie. Yes. So good. This just gave my body chills. So good. In a good way. Yes. It is um, 11% alcohol by volume. Yes, it is. And you can taste it. <laughs> it is uh, aged with cinnamon, oats, brown sugar, raisins, and Madagascar vanilla extract. Mm-hmm. A sweet the vanilla, beer. definitely. Taste the vanilla. Yeah, it's a sweet beer. But it's not that... It is sweet, but... It's it not is. like overpowering. No, it's I'm not. telling you, I think it tastes it like... It tastes like cookies. Like cookies and hot chocolate. But in the beginning, it tastes like, again, that barrel-aged whiskey taste. It tastes like Christmas. It does. Oh my God. We need more. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Danny. So, um, smell. What do you get out of it? Vanilla. Definitely right off the bat, vanilla, when you said that. But then yeah, also, vanilla. like, just sweet... The coffee like beans. Coffee bean. Cocoa. Oatmeal. Cocoa. Yeah. Cocoa. Oats. It's pretty much everything that is made out of it. You Literally. Smell it. You can smell it. I've never smelled brown sugar, but I'm sure it smells like brown sugar. <laughs> I guess. Taste. Oh. Exactly what we mentioned about the smell. I'm telling you. So good. And when you pour it out, Ali's glass is full of... It's delicious darkness. Dark black... Espresso colored to match beer. basil. Yes. What? <laughs> basil? No, to t- never mind. Oh. <laughs> it is. It's this dark, rich, beautiful, like stout color. Well, it's funny you would say that because that. this is a bourbon barrel aged stout. There you go. With cinnamon, raisins, brown sugar, oats, Boom. and vanilla extract. I told you. Because in the beginning, when you take your first sip, it has that barrel-aged taste to it. And then, like, once you're, like, officially consuming and it's going down your throat, it, like, hits you with, like, a ton of cookie taste. Mm-hmm. Just, like, cookies. Like, you just ate cookie dough. Oh, my God. So good. And um, what's funny is that I looked it up and it said that in 1995, they were, I mean, 96, they were founded. <laughs> But on this bottle, it says established 1997. Interesting. So maybe because I said, you know, it took them a, a couple of years to... Well, yeah, obviously. ...get their plan rolling. Maybe that's what it is. Totally. But yes, it uh, the label, your standard, you know, beer bottle. But it has a little dragon right in the middle of it. And then in bold letters, dragon's kind of milk. Dragon. It's like a baby dragon. It's cute. It Curled a, up like a seahorse. Yeah, it has a curly little tail. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Does it have any, like, slog- uh, slogans? No, in the back side it says, um, roasted, malty, and smooth. It sure is. Proudly brewed in Holland, Michigan. <clears throat> if you guys want to check out their website, it's newhollandbrew.com. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I got my little facts from Rate Beer. Untapped and Wikipedia. Did you find out how much they got the... Oh, I did not. for it? I did not. I mean, I can only imagine it's 4%. I mean, 11%, so it's got to be a little bit more. I would say... Let's say 8 bucks. A, no, that can't be 8 bucks a beer. No. Um, Let's say... I feel like for a... Try to take a wild guess. 
Mm, I want to say like eleven ninety nine for a four pack, but I don't know. For a four pack? I don't know why. I know I've seen the um. The uh, twenty two ounces, the twenty two ounce glass, but again, I don't remember how much. I think I've seen it for like eight ninety nine for a twenty two ounce glass, but possibly wrong. You might be wrong. Very much so wrong. But I'll be the judge of that. Maybe. Well, anyway, it's delicious. Um, okay. fifteen ninety nine, a four-pack. Boom. I was only $4 off. I have to stop saying boom. Boom, why? That sounds terrible. I don't know. Anyway. And they have a bunch of different ones. Yep. They have the Dragon's Milk Beer. Um, they have this Dragon Milk Reserve. Uh, Dragon's Milk... Uh, reserve a raspberry hibiscus, dragon's milk bourbon barrel aged imperial stout, uh, the regular dragon's milk, and I thought I saw another one that said banana coconut. What? Which well, that I'm... would be delicious. I don't know about that, but maybe. What do you mean, maybe? I don't know. I just came across somebody that posted a banana beer today, and I was really intrigued. I would be down for a banana beer. I'm down. We need to look for it and find it. But anywho's Well, start looking. I will. Give us your beers. Everybody. Send just us give your, us your beers. beers. <laughs> and they also there's also Dragon Milk beer candles. Shut up. Mm-hmm. You can get them on Etsy for eleven ninety nine. <laughs> Stop it. How about I just pay fifteen ninety nine and get a four pack and just drink it instead? Well maybe you want your house to smell like beer. Yeah, I don't want then I'll just spray my house with beer. Then I'll just spill some beer on the ground. <laughs> then I'll just <laughs> <laughs> shower in beer. No. <laughs> this is delicious. This is delicious. Thank you, Danny. Yes, thanks, Danny. Keep the beers coming. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Great recommendation and good yeah, looking out. Good <laughs> it is a very good one. And he uh, gave us both, one each, 12-ounce mm. bottle. So, by the end of this episode, if you don't know what we're talking about... We don't either. <laughs> explain it to us in an email or on our Instagram, because we want to remember what we said. <laughs> but there's the beer of the week. Awesome. Thanks, Jose. Thanks for that breakdown. There's the bottle. That was pretty cool. Um, it was short, we've but, seen you this... know. No, short and sweet. We've I've honestly seen this bottle so many places, and I think... Not that I've had a bad experience, but I've had a different experience with whiskey barrel, like aged beers, and sometimes they're just way too much to handle. For I me, actually, at least. Well, it's different. Yeah. It's different. It soaks it's, up different flavors. Yeah. So that kind of turned me off. I didn't really want to try it, but this is something else. Yeah, I saw um, a listener before sent us. Uh, little video about this but it was um the regular uh, dragon milk and she said it was too strong and they were also playing clue at the time oh yeah nice so can (laughs) you guess who old enough to be drinking (laughs) yeah they were just kidding (laughs) i think i'm kidding i would play even if they aren't we're not here to judge hell yes (laughs) anyway thank you that was great thanks for the little breakdown you're welcome for Um, the little breakdown so on to my part uh, I have part, a quite a doozy. It's a bit of a long one, so stay with me. Grab your pillows. And your beers. And your blankets. Yes, don't you. turn off your lights because 
You might be scared shitless, but oh anyway. I am um, leaving. <laughs> stay. You must stay. You have to stay. Okay. I live here. So, <laughs> I have to stay. I'm not going to tell you his name just yet. We'll get to that eventually. Jebediah Springfield. No, but let's start with this. So on October 4th, I don't know why I say October. On October. On October. Anyway, on October 5th. And I said October 4th, didn't I? Shit. Well, right, I'll drink. I'll drink. Already. I'll drink. I'll drink. You gave a, me 11%. What do you want me to do? It's going to be a good episode today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Drink break. There you go. Wow. That, t- that literally tastes Ooh. like... You know, like, like when, you, when you have like really sweet hot chocolate? Yes. That you let it go cold? You know what it tastes like? Hot? It tastes like black coffee with sugar in it. That's what it tastes like. But better. Even After, more delicious than that. You know when you when you have cookies and you have like hot coffee or something and you dunk your cookies yes. in it to get them soft? Exactly. It tastes like the bottom of the cup where the there's still cookies left. cookie dunked in co- Okay. Anyway. Yes. We're getting sidetracked. Okay. So on October 5th, 1971, the nude body of 30-year-old Long Beach resident Wayne Joseph Duquette was discovered by police discarded close to Ortega Highway. By the way, this is all done within California, some parts of Oregon, and some parts of Michigan. But we'll get to that part. It's all spread out. You'll see. Okay. So, uh, Duquette was a bartender at a gay bar near Sunset Beach called The Stable. He had last been seen alive on September 20th, just two weeks prior to his death. What year is this? This is 1971. Okay. So, decomposition had erased any signs of foul play on the body, and so... So, um, all right. And so the cause of death was ruled as acute alcohol poisoning due to a high blood alcohol level. The next year, on December 26th, the body of 20-year-old Marine Edward Daniel Moore was found beside the 405 freeway in Seal Beach. Maureen? Uh, or Maureen. How do you say Maureen? 20-year-old Marine. Okay. But his name is Daniel Moore. But her name is like M A U Maureen. No, Marine. Like Marine life. Like a Marine, like like the, the U S Army Army Marines Army Corps Marine Corps. Okay, just keep going, please. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Okay. You named every branch except for the right one. <laughs> Possibly, I'm Army, sorry. Navy. I did my best. No. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Yeah, okay, so abrasions on Edward's body indicated his body had been (laughs) (laughs) obviously had been discarded from a moving vehicle a further autopsy revealed his wrists and ankles had been bound he had been beaten with a blunt instrument about the face before being strangled with a ligature edward had bite marks all along his body and a sock had been forced into his rectum here you go. I was going to say, whoa, they're trying to keep him quiet by putting a sock in his mouth. No. Jesus. The other hole. So. Wow. Wait a Just minute. kidding. <laughs> wow. It's this beer. Okay. So six weeks later, the body of an unidentified male ranging between the age of 17 and 25 was also found alongside the Terminal Island Freeway in LA. And apparently this is like State Route 103, which I've never crossed, but whatever. Uh, the young man had been strangled with a ligature, and also a sock had been forced oh, into his rectum. Here we go. 
Two months later, on April 9th, the body of 17-year-old Kevin Clark Bailey was found along a road uh, in Huntington Beach. Kevin had been emasculated, sodomized, and, I'm sorry, and sodomized prior to being murdered. And then the other sock in his butt. Not this one. What? On April 22nd, an unidentified John Doe had been discovered. The body was dismembered. The torso, right leg, and both arms were found in San Pedro. The left leg was in was found in Sunset Beach. Uh, Where was the sock? Well, not there. <laughs> not there. No. But uh, bondage marks were evident, and it appeared that the remains had been refrigerated prior to being dumped. John Doe's hands were never found. Never? Never. On July 30th, the strangled body of 20-year-old Ronnie Jean Weeb. I'm Weeb. hoping I'm pronouncing these correctly. Or Weeb. Weeb, let's say. Weeb? No, I think it's Weeb. Anyway, was discarded <laughs> beside an on-ramp to the 405 freeway. He had been beaten and appeared to have been hung upside down before being killed. Bite marks were found on his stomach and his penis. Oh my goodness. Lastly, Ronnie's own missing sock was found in his rectum. Jesus. On December 29th, the body of 23-year-old bisexual art student Vincent Cruz Mestas was found in the San Bernardino Mountains. Vincent was clothed but barefoot. Like the other victims, his sock was found in his rectum. Why do you keep looking at me when you do that? Because it's Stop nice looking to, at it's me. fun to see your reaction. My reaction is like... I don't... No, it's not a reaction. <laughs> his face and Just head... Just a bunch of dirty socks now. His face and head were freshly shaved and his hands were missing. A pencil-sized object, never identified, had been forced into his penis prior to his death. After a six-month hiatus, the nude body of 20-year-old Malcolm Eugene Little was discovered on June 1st, 1974, propped up against a mesquite, right? Mesquite. Mesquite. Damn. A mesquite tree beside highway 86 near imperial county sure i'll drink no you didn't pronounce anything wrong mm. you just didn't know what it was delicious malcolm slade body was found with his legs spread to emphasize his severed genitals and a mesquite branch was rammed six inches into his rectum. Three weeks later, 18-year-old U.S. Marine Roger Dickerson was sodomized, strangled. Oh, he was a Marine. That's what I said. I thought a it was Marine. a lady named Marine. No, that's why I kept saying the U.S. Marines. That's why Army, I kept on Navy, saying Maureen. Mar- no, Marine. Oh, okay. Did I, did, I didn't say Maury. <laughs> this isn't Maury. This is no, a Marine. Maureen. Anyway. That's a name. U.S. Marine. Okay. Okay. Roger Dickerson, his nude body is found dumped near Laguna, near a Laguna Beach golf course. He also has bite marks on his left nipple, 
and his penis. And he was conclusively linked to the same killer, even though, like, there wasn't something rammed or strangulation, right? So on June 3rd, 25-year-old Thomas Paxton Lee was found strangled but fully clothed by oil field workers in Long Beach. On November 29th, Irvine police discovered the nude body of James Dale Reeves. Uh, just kidding. He wasn't nude. I'm sorry. He wasn't nude. He had a bloody t-shirt on. Sorry. But oh, okay. uh, the 19-year-old was gay and had been uh, had gone out cruising on Thanksgiving Day and never returned. James's body was left with his legs spread and a tree limb four feet long and three inches in diameter protruding from his rectum. Not long after, on January 3rd, 1975, 17-year-old high school student John Liras was abducted. His strangled body was found the following day at Sunset Beach with a foreign object protruding from his anus. What is up with this guy? Or woman. Rag marks along the beach close to where he was found indicated that two suspects may have been involved. And just two weeks later, 21-year-old Craig uh, Genitis? Genitis? That's a new one. Anyway. Genitis. Whatever. Not whatever, but I can't pronounce his last name. Uh... Genotis's, let's say, body was found uh, discarded in the parking lot of the Golden Sales Hotel near the Pacific Coast Highway. Craig had been strangled, possibly with a shoelace, and even though he was barefoot, he was fully dressed, including two pairs of pants. At the same time? They were, like, layered on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, he knew who this person was. Mm-hmm. I don't want any He's socks like, in Oh, no. By 1975, a total of 14 victims bodies had been found discarded across 14 separate counties but all linked to the same killer homicide detectives from several jurisdictions gathered to discuss the progress of the unknown killer and his methodical organized lust for killing he was described to be an above average intelligent individual some investigators believed the murders were being committed by more than one person one of whom who had military background the reason why they believed in the military background was due to the two victim bodies had tissue paper residue on their nose, and that basically conformed to a known military procedure to prevent bodies from purging after death. The placing of the socks inside the rectum was also theorized to be a method used to prevent further purging while the body was driven to the disposal location. Purging, you mean decomposing faster? Mm-hmm. Investigators had no lead suspect, and the murders continued on. On March 29, 1975, Keith Crotwell and Kent May were lured into a Ford Mustang and given beer and Valium. Kent like would a party. Uh, Kent would eventually pass out. Only a short time later, two friends of Kent and Keith observed a black-and-white Mustang rapidly enter a parking lot and um parking lot i'm sorry (laughs) the parking lot where the boys were last seen and the driver 
came to a quick halt before leaning across the passenger door and pushing out an unconscious but unharmed Kent May. Keith was seen slumped against the unknown driver's shoulder. Two months later, on May 8th, Keith's skull would be found close to the Long Beach Marina. The remainder of his body would turn up six months later. Wait, who was his witness that knew who these people were? It was two friends of the two guys. Yeah, of Keith and Kent. So the two friends that had witnessed the drop-off of Kent suspected the murder would be a patron of a Belmont Shore gay bar. They searched the area and just their luck came across the distinctive Mustang less than one mile from their home. You know what kind of Mustang it was? No, it just said a white and black Mustang. It didn't specify the year and whatever, but I'm guessing sometime around 1970-something, right? It's got to be a classic, right? Most unlikely. (laughs) So the license plate was noted and relayed back to the police. The registration of the vehicle was traced back to a Randolph Stephen Kraft. Uh, Kraft was a Long Beach native, born March 19, 1975. Uh, He was fourth and only son born to Opal Lee and Harold Herbert Kraft. That was the best. I love that name. You don't hear that name at all. Not at all. He graduated 10th out of a class of 390 and pursued a bachelor's, uh, I'm sorry, a BA from Claremont Men's College in Claremont, California. Just four months after graduating from college, Kraft joined the U.S. Air Force and eventually rose to the rank of Airman First Class and Supervisor Manager. The same year, Kraft became an Airman First Class. He disclosed to his family that he was gay. What? His father flew into a rage, but his mother was more understanding. But eventually his family would come to accept his sexuality. But for some reason, Kraft began to, like, distance himself. It's 2019. Come on. Well, this was 19. I know. I'm joking. I'm just saying it's 2019. Like, this was, like, 1950 or something. So, um, in addition to his family, he also received a general discharge from the Air Force after announcing his sexuality. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah. They, um, he sought out legal advice from a lawyer and he tried to take legal action when the discharge listed, um, as being on medical grounds, but the Air Force refused to change the status. So he's like, all right, whatever, peace out. He moves back in with his parents um, back home, and he begins bartending. Bartending. S- bar- t- shit, and I wrote that too. All right. Why would you say bartending? I don't know. He started bartending drinks to people. Bartending, Okay. So let's jump back to this, back to the scene where he's being questioned by the police, right? Um, initially, Kraft denies ever meeting Keith or Kent, but at the station admits that sometime around March 29th, he encountered the two boys and they persuaded him to uh, basically like drink and take Valium in his car while he drove around, right? So he then 
tells police that he returns Kent back to the parking lot, um, then decides to drive to a side road with Keith, and supposedly his car became embedded upon an embankment, causing Kraft to walk alone to the nearest gas station to call a tow truck. So you're saying that he crashed? Yeah, pretty much. Like, not crashed, but he kind of, I guess... Got stuck on something. Yeah, he kind of like slid down the embankment. But when he returns back to his car, he notices that Keith has disappeared. Um, To back up his statement, Kraft's roommate verified his uh, version of events recalling his phone call about the vehicle being stuck. So he has an alibi, right? Yeah. And to add to his story, the Los Angeles District um, Attorney's Office dismissed detectives' request to to file homicide charges citing the coroner's conclusion from his autopsy claiming the young uh claiming young keith had died from an accidental drowning because remember his body was found within like Mm -hmm. yeah so the murder stopped for a couple of months but then suddenly on december 31st 22 year old mark hall was abducted in san juan capistrano this was the worst and most horrific murder police had come across thus far. Mark was taken to a remote canyon and oh, found to a tree. Oh, Jeez. I'm going to tell you about it. Autopsy uh-huh. reports revealed his cause of death from asphyxiation by leaves and earth matter lodged deep into his trachea. Mark had been sodomized, emasculated, and his severed genitals were then inserted into his rectum. What? In addition, his chest, scrotum, and cheeks had been burnt with an automobile cigarette lighter. His eyes had also been destroyed with the same object. Wow. Mark's blood alcohol level was seven times the legal limit. So... During this time, during this fiasco of all these murders, uh, ironically, or I say subsequently, there is another known serial killer on the loose by the name of Patrick Kearney. And basically, this guy is known for murdering like 28 boys and young men, many of whom were dissected and discarded in trash bags all along the freeways in Southern California. But you guys get a double story. Kind of, but not really. Oh, okay. But the reason why I'm telling you this is because, like, police got distracted by him as well for, like, some time. And um, they, and they thought it was him. Yeah, they, I was going to say, they could also thought it was him. They did, but his MO differed from the killing spree. And investigators believed an altogether <clears throat> separate killer was still at large, obviously. Well, duh. So, during... There is several freeway killers there's a lot of them that are just they have this title of the freeway killer but um some of them don't even kill on the freeway they sure don't no a good portion of them are all along the freeways but i think william bonin was supposed to be the main one the main freeway killer but anyway okay so that was just 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 a little side story um about Patrick Kearney. So on April 16, 1978, 18-year-old 
U.S. Marine Scott Michael Hughes was abducted after being plied with Valium. Scott's scrotum had been split and one of his testicles had been removed. He was then strangled and discarded uh, beside a freeway on-ramp in Anaheim. 23-year-old Roland Gerald Young's body turned up two months later on June 11th near a San Diego freeway. He had been emasculated before being stabbed to death and thrown from a fast-moving vehicle. And a good portion of these victims had been um, lodged from a fast-moving vehicle. Give and go. Eight days later, 20-year-old U.S. Marine Richard Allen Keith was found beside a road in Moulton Parkway. On July 6, 23-year-old 20, uh, hitchhiker Keith Arthur Klingbeal's body was found beside Interstate 5 Freeway. Keith was found alive but would die shortly after being admitted to the hospital. Prior to being, to, prior to being strangled, his left nipple had been seared with an automobile lighter. Here you go, nipples. <laughs> On September 29th, the body of 20-year-old Richard Anthony uh, Crosby was found north of Highway 71 in San Bernardino, Can- uh, San- San Bernardino County. Uh, San the Bernardino, l- not Bernardino. <laughs> Shut up. Drink. The last victim in 1978. In San Bernardino. Oh, that beer. Okay. It's too much. Uh, the last too victim in 1978 was 21-year-old Long Beach truck driver named Michael Joseph Enderbeaten. Enderbeaten. Uh, he was castrated and found beside... The San Diego Freeway on November 18th, he had been uh, violated with a foreign object and had suffered burn wounds similar to those inflicted on previous victims. Of course. So, with that being said, I'm going to go through a quick list. Victims later that were found are. Because it's a lot. And And you get upset when I give you more than two murders. I know, but this was so interesting. And I know I've come across this uh across a serial killer before but maybe i just don't remember it but man he was fucking brutal but let's get to this so victims later found 20 year old oh and by the way all of these victims were either excuse me were either um like Like given a lot of alcohol and volume 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 Valium. <laughs> Valium and alcohol. And a good portion of them were pretty much all strangled, uh, sodomized, uh, tortured. A good f- portion of them had... Mutilation. S- mutilation stuff forced into their rectum. Just all sorts. I mean, it was all the same MO, but... Man. Okay. So, here we go. Here we go. 20-year-old... U.S. Marine Donnie Harold Crystal, an unidentifiable, unidentifiable male between ages 18 to 30, 20-year-old Gregory Wallace Jolly, 15-year-old Jeffrey Sayer, 19-year-old U.S. Marine Mark Allen Marsh, 17-year-old Denver youth Michael uh, Sean O'Fallon, 19-year-old U.S. Marine Robert Loggins, 17-year-old Michael Cluck. Cluck? 
Cluck, 17-year-old Christopher Allen Williams. Michael Cluck. 14-year-old Pittsburgh youth Raymond Davis. 16-year-old Robert Avila. 14-year-old Modesto man Arnie... Shit, I can't read my own handwriting. Arnie. No, I did. Arnie McKay Lane. 26-year-old Brian Witcher. 29-year-old Anthony Jose Silviera. Oh. 24-year-old Dennis Alt and his cousin, 20-year-old Christopher uh, Schoenborn. 19-year-old Lance Tags. 21-year-old Eric Church. 18-year-old Jeffrey Nelson, or it could be Joffrey. 20-year-old Roger uh, Duvall. Yes, Robert there Duvall? we go. Yes. So, Robert actor? Duvall. Um, maybe, but this is Robert Duvall. It could be a different Robert Duvall. But anyway, okay, so a good portion of these men were found all along uh, the California highways. About five or six of them, which include, like, um, uh, Silviera, Dennis Alt, Christopher Schoenburn... Lance Tags and I think Roger Duvall, I could be wrong, but they were found in Oregon and one of them was found in Michigan or two of them were found in Michigan. And I'll explain that part later. I wonder why it's so spread out. You'll see. So, finally. Finally. Kind of. On May 14th, 1983, at 1 a.m., Police officers spotted a Toyota Celica driving erratically on Interstate 5 near Mission Viejo. After making an illegal lane change, officers signaled the the vehicle to stop. The driver came to a halt and pursued exiting the vehicle while discarding a beer bottle on the pavement. Dragon's milk. The individual made his way (laughs) to the front of the patrol vehicle and identified himself as... Randy Kraft. Okay, now I get what you're trying His to jeans were unbuttoned and he was clearly intoxicated. Failing the sobriety test, Graft. Graft. Shit. I'm gonna drink too because I wanna finish this beer because mm. this beer is making my eyes watery. It's delicious. My eyes are not watery. I don't know if it's so good that it's making me cry or. My story is so good that it's making you cry? Yeah. I know, that with all the brutal too, shit that's happening. I'd cry, too. I'm not wearing socks ever again. <laughs> well. I don't want them fouling them somewhere they're not supposed to be. Terrible. Okay, so... Sandals forever. Kraft... <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> so, Kraft is arrested for driving while intoxicated. The officer... The officer's partner approaches the Celica and sees a young man slumped over with his eyes closed in the passenger seat. The officer attempts to wake the individual, but when shaking his arm, he noticed a very low body temperature. Unable to feel a pulse, the officer noted he was dead. The victim was 25-year-old U.S. Marine Terry Lee Gambrel. His hands had been bound with a shoelace. His genitals were exposed, and a ligature mark was visible around his neck. And there was a jacket that was placed on his lap covering all of this so when he moved it it revealed all of this right peen yeah so randy cat craft is initially <laughs> randy cat damn it okay oh, randy cat sheet hold on drink 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 okay so randy craft is initially charged with a dui 
and held in custody while detectives conducted a thorough search of his vehicle. Alcohol, tranquilizers, various prescription drugs, and stimulants were found along with a belt matching Terry's neck bruise. Whoa. The passenger... Evidence... The passenger seat and carpet were heavily bloodstained, even though Terry had no open wounds. Beneath the carpet, an envelope containing over 50 pictures of men in pornographic poses was discovered. Okay, you're done. In the trunk, detectives found a binder containing handwritten list of coded notations. Oh, Randy. Officially dubbing Randy Kraft as the craft killer the scoreboard killer a search of craft's home revealed further incriminating evidence including clothes and personal possessions belonging to numerous murder uh, murdered young men over the last decade the coded list of 61 neatly printed terms and phrases found in craft's car is believed to refer to each victim examples include one said edm for edward daniel moore Vince M. for Vincent Mestas. Marine Head BP for decapitated Marine found in Buena Park. And the list just goes on. 22. But that's not very... I don't know. Never mind. It's not very what? I had something in my head, but then it just made sense to me that it's fine. Never mind. I mean, each little note was like kind of linked back to a victim like one of the one of them which was like a 14 year old uh his 14 year old victim raymond davis was known for he was out and about in the neighborhood looking for his missing dog and apparently like in the encoded thing it was like dog like it said his initials and then dog you know what i mean like he was very um Organized. He was not even just organized, but he was very uh, meticulous about the um, the people and the way he does it. Well, not even that. Just the phrases and the little codes that he wrote down. You know uh, what I mean? Like John, sock. Well, okay. So Bill, like one sock. of the entries was golden sales, for example, and it referred to the fact of the body of Craig. Shit, I, Janite. Randy. Junitus's body that was found in the parking lot of Golden Sales Hotel. Wait, how are you saying Junitus? I don't know. Junitus. Exactly. Junitus. Exactly. Junitus. So another one was like um, two in one hitch, uh, like referring to two of the victims that were together, which was Jeffrey Nelson and Roger Duvall. Um, just it goes on and on he just had so many if anybody gets a chance you guys should definitely check out these like random ass shit that he came up with check it out so there might even be a movie out um written by us maybe i'm just kidding okay so anyway uh 22 of craft's 67 victims remain uncovered i'm sorry unrecovered and unidentified Kraft's trial began September 26, 1988 in Orange County. Almost 160 witnesses were called to testify and over a thousand exhibits were introduced as evidence. But you said it took about 10 years for that to happen, huh? 
Well, his murder spree went on for about, like, 13 years almost. After 11 days, a jury found him guilty and he was given the death sentence. Kraft is currently on death row in San Quentin. In 2000, the California Supreme Court upheld his death penalty. He's still milking it to the very end to do the death penalty. Pretty much. And he has a fucking creepy ass picture. But anyway, there's a lot more detail to it. And I promise you just have to read it. Because it's a doozy. And if you can't, just learn how to read. Yes, there's... You have one week. There's just... There's a lot. There's parts where basically they're uh, between like, I don't know, 19... 19 like 76 and like 1978 he goes on like this hiatus because apparently he starts dating this one guy and he made him so happy that like he didn't need to do all these killings because according to that partner at the time they were pretty much picking up like random hitchhikers and having like threesomes and shit and that was like enough for him so he didn't have to commit all these crimes But I guess at some point they broke it off and it didn't work out. Um, Yeah. Oh, and that's what I want to tell you. So the reason for the Oregon and the Michigan ones is because during those times, his employers had actually sent him out for work. And airplane tickets, gas records, all of this shit linked him back to it. And so he had to an each, alibi. no, he didn't have an alibi because all the <laughs> murders. Know, oh, I'm like, no, he didn't. No, <laughs> but he. No, you were he, listening. <laughs> he basically, uh, really s- screwed the pooch in that one. Let's just say, but Ew. he, a fucking horrible person, and that's Randolph Stephen Craft for you, the, aka the scoreboard killer. Again, a lot of detail and check it out. So sad, so brutal. Just what he did to these young men, and they just a nobody deserves it, obviously. But they were just so young, and they had the rest of their lives ahead of them. And he just fucking treated them like nothing. And you know how expensive socks were back in the day. (coughs) Oh my goodness. Sandals. No wonder everybody wore sandals back in the day, in the seventies. Wow. Thanks a lot. Craft. Thank you, Jose. Thank you, Ellie. That was uh, <laughs> very interesting. And um, Sorry, I hope you don't have nightmares, or for that matter, anybody else. I'm not going to have nightmares. It's just my nipples are tingling. All right. And my socks are coming off of my feet in two minutes. <laughs> uh, but let's try to liven up the mood a little bit, let's if we can. <laughs> After that load of horror. Um, Sorry. the Good News Network. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not gonna say. I was gonna say Good News Network, AOK of the week, but that means that they sponsored it, and nobody sponsors us. We if sponsor, you wanna sponsor us. Let us know. It only takes about two dollars a day. <laughs> oh wait! Before uh, you continue, here we go. I have to say, I should have quoted. Most of my research was from Wikipedia. A good portion of it... Wicka, 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 wicka. Almost mostly from Wikipedia. Some parts of it were from Murderpedia. And another called from 
Thought Co. And they had some really good um, details and such. And go on. Donate Thank to you. your pedias. Yes, definitely. Murderpedia, Wikipedia, they're taking your donations, ladies and gentlemen. Pediatricians. Help them out. All right. So this AOK of the week, also known as the AOK Good News of the Week. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, comes from our buddies at goodnewsnetwork.org. And the headline reads, I didn't even pronounce that right. The headline reads, drink. Beer. Yes, dragon's milk. Mm. I'm going to start calling beer that, dragon's milk. All right. Headline. Hotel helps dogs get adopted by allowing long-term guests to foster shelter pups during their stay. Shut up. No, you shut up. Where is this hotel we're going? At this hotel in Mississippi. Damn it. You can get a lot more than just food delivered with your room service. Let's just quit our jobs and move to Mississippi. As a mean of helping sheltered dogs find their forever homes, the Home to Suites in Biloxi has been hosting adoptable dogs in their hotel so that they can encourage their long-term guests to foster a dog during their stay. If I'm reading this weird, it's because my eyes are covered with tears. <laughs> because, not because of this story, yet, but my eyes have been watery this whole time. He's been crying. I've been crying. It's story. <laughs> it's either this story about foster animals or beers. Um, but yeah, not I'm not f- crying. Not the four stocks into rectums? Ugh. <sighs> You just ruined this story. Go on. Puppies. Okay. So the dogs, which are kept in a kennel in the hotel lobby, are from the nearby Humane Society of Southern Mississippi and Gulfport. Not only does this Fostering Hope, that's in quotations, uh, program help sheltered dogs to get adopted, it also helps free up space in the kennels at the Humane Society. Nice. Since the dogs are kept in the hotel lobby, all guests have to do is ask the concierge, Concierge. Mm-hmm. I'll drink it for that one. For the dog to be brought up to Pretty their sure room. You pronounce it correctly, but okay. During their stay. All right. That's dope. But like, how long do you have to be staying there to get like? It's get like long term people that stay there What's for like long term, like month or two. A month or two, maybe you're there for, for a good amount for work or something, or you know. Okay. Uh, Bianca Janik, the shelter's relations manager, told USA Today. That the program is ideal because the hotel hosts a long-term military visit. It hosts a long... Uh, dun, 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 dun. You drunk. That the hotel hosts a lot of long-term military visitors. Quote. Oh, that makes sense. Quote. They have a lot of transient guests who stay for months at a time near our Army and Navy bases. And that's just enough time to fall in love with a dog. That's awesome. That's so therapeutic for them. It is. It helps. It helps. Yeah. I'm sure it helps a lot. That's dope. Um, since launching the program in October 2018, the hotel has helped 33 dogs get adopted into forever homes. What are the chances that some of my story had U.S. Marines in it and you're talking about U.S. Marines? U.S. Marines and animals being adopted and our dog Lucky just turned nine. Oh my god, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Lucky. Okay, go on. 
The hotel now hopes that their program will inspire other businesses to set up similar initiatives with their local animal shelters. Which it should. Thank you, Good News Network. That's awesome. That's for so providing our A-OK of the week. That's beyond an A-OK. Remember, folks, always adopt, don't shop. For reals, for reals. There's adopt, a don't shop. great little puppies and everything and big puppies. I call all of them puppies, but they need a forever home. So that's dope. I applaud them. And fuck yeah. Even if, you know... If you have the space and you have the time, just do it. If you want to, also, too, if you're an yeah, animal person. Yeah, I think you should be into it. Your heart should be into it. Wasn't it, what was my, um, somebody recently told us that, what country is it that they give you, like, money oh, yes. to, like, foster dogs? Uh, we were at a family event and somebody had told me that in Austria, maybe, oh, maybe yeah. I'm wrong, Austria. or maybe it was before, back in the day or something, that they would give you a certain amount of euros for pretty much adopting a dog and having it at your home. Hmm. That people would be able to pay their rent by just adopting three, four dogs. I just hope that they're taking care of the dogs. Hey, let's let's properly. let's say they are, and let's. They better be. I'm hope that they find are. them and beat them up. I'm just kidding. We're flying to Austria for our next podcast. Yes. And if you're from Austria and you know Send if this is true beer. or not, oh. let us know. That's well, we might be wrong. We're probably And a lot of the times we're wrong about what we talk about. A good portion of the time we're wrong. But nobody tells us where we are, so and we're we right. we damn. Right. Well, thank you, Jose. That was a great A-OK. You just said that was a great right, A-OK. <laughs> I said it was a really great A-OK. It was a great OK? Anyway. Um, <laughs> you're great. But thanks for joining us for this week's episode. You're um, welcome. I live here, though. I do the listeners. Oh, hey, listeners. Shenanigans. When did you guys get here? <laughs> anyway, always remember to follow, like, and subscribe. Uh, we'll post some pictures of our beer and our serial killer, Randy Croft, today. Damn it. Randy Croft. Right, drink. You still have some beer. Drink. Shenanigans. Um, if we could ask you for a favor on our Instagram, yes, go on to uh, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, a rate. Yes, you know, and if you're not gonna even do that, at least hit the little subscribe button or anywhere that you listen to us. So. Yeah, it helps us. Yeah, get out to more people. Totally. And uh, unless you want to keep us to yourselves, then that's okay too. If we're that bad, just kidding. Or maybe we're that good. Maybe. Anyway. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Have a good night. Have a good night. We love you. Toodle.